Welcome to Conversations with Claire. I'm your host, Claire Bates. I'm a movement, nutrition, and mindset coach through my app, Wellness with Claire. Podcast host, coach at The Collective in Austin, Texas, sober alcoholic, brand builder, and competitive hybrid athlete. I've created this podcast to share inspiring stories and have meaningful conversations in hopes that we can create community together to learn and grow. Oh, and I hope to make you laugh. (laughs) Welcome to Conversations with Claire. Let's talk about coaching and how to get from where you are now to where you want to be. Wellness with Claire is my very own coaching platform where I offer personalized meal plans, personalized workout plans based on your goals, accountability through community and weekly group coaching calls, mindset coaching and tracking features for results. I also offer one-on-one coaching, which gives you full app access, direct access to me via WhatsApp and 100% accountability with me including weekly video calls. Wellness is a mental, physical, and spiritual experience. The system works together as a whole, and I'm here to help you live in alignment with your principles and values and actualize a quality of life beyond your current dreams. Check the show notes or the links in bios on socials to find more information about how to get involved with Wellness with Claire today. Hello, and welcome to Conversations with Claire. Today's episode is one that I am super stoked to get to bring to you guys. It's something that is super meaningful in my life and something that I haven't really spent a lot of time and energy talking about publicly. So I'm really excited to get to have this guest to do this thing with. So that being said, my guest is Trey Steele. And today's episode, we are going to focus on spirituality. Trey Steele is an Austin, Texas resident originally from San Antonio. He is a husband and father, and he runs the Hope Project. The Hope Project is a nonprofit organization dedicated to building spiritually healthy fitness communities. We'll get into more of that later. So hello and welcome to the podcast. Well, hi, thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. I'm excited to have you. So for context, we met recently for coffee. A friend of ours made an introduction and was like, you guys need to know one another. And what's funny is then when we sat down, you kind of walked through all of the times that we had almost met like over and over and over again, had been in the same room, had been told, oh, you got to meet this person. And then finally shouts out Jamie. She made it happen. Thank you, Jamie. Yeah, she's the ultimate connector and networker. So she really is. Yeah, it was great to meet you and to get coffee and just begin this journey of getting to know each other and just discovering why, why did we have this opportunity to meet? Right. Yeah. Yeah. And through that, I mean, we met because we were told by somebody that we both value their opinion that we should meet. So there's that. And then I knew that you had this thing called the Hope Project. Right. And it seems like a really cool endeavor that I wanted to learn more about and see if there were ways that I could support it. And you simply had apparently been told there's this girl that's new in the area and she's doing things and you got to meet her. So it's very (laughs) cool how it organically came together. And then through that coffee meeting, which was, I think, well over an hour, we just kind of realized, you know what, actually, we need to have a conversation about this on the podcast and you offered. And so I appreciate you taking the time to be here with me today. Yeah, thanks. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. So we're going to talk about spirituality and how our journeys with it individually 
how we came into it, got out of it, came back in, things like that. So for me, I'm just going to go ahead and kind of launch into mine and then I'll have you explain yours. Does that sound good? Yeah, sounds great. Awesome. Okay. So when it comes to spirituality, I feel like that and uh, religion for me at this time are pretty separated things right now. So for the story of my experiences, it is that I grew up in a Southern Baptist church in a small town in Oklahoma. And my interpretation of spirituality, religion as a child was largely as it is for many people was like all centered around how the other people were conveying the message to me, not yeah. the relationship with the higher power thing like that did what you know, I was a kid, I didn't right. understand. And so then just like most people experience in religious communities is there's often Often it's humans trying to do it well and to understand what's going on and being imperfect humans, they screw it up. Sure. Like we all do. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and so that's what happened is I grew up in this small church and it was where the families that maybe had a little bit better of a financial situation than my own family were there. And, and so I grew up lower middle class when I was pretty young. And then as we got, I got a little bit older, I was more middle class and it was never name brand, but you didn't know, yeah. you know? So, so anyway, I've always felt excluded from my peers in that setting. And that was always hurtful. And as a child, you just don't understand those things. And then I, you know, I come into youth group. And of course, I have these experiences where I act out because I'm a kid that acts out because that's what we do. And I experience judgment from humans right. and I experience shame. So yet again, I'm tying all of these experiences to spirituality because that's all I know to do mm. and questioning all of it. And I started questioning all of it real young. I think that's healthy to question sure, it. Absolutely. Why are you here? What do you think about this? Yeah, what's the point of this whole thing, right? Yeah. yeah. And so certainly started to question it. And then accompanied by the negative experiences that I had, just decided it wasn't for me. So then I enter into young adulthood and I begin to identify as agnostic and I no longer attend a church. I had begged not to go to church from a very young age. Like I said, with those experiences with my peers and they were kids. I have no ill will towards a single person at all. You know, we just didn't get it. Then my mother actually taught the special ministries class. And so there were a lot of adults in that class that were autistic or things like that. And I just, yeah. I loved being in that class. And so I often would escape over there as opposed to being in my class because I felt more comfortable and safe there. Mm -hmm. So anyway, once I had the opportunity to no longer attend church since I had had negative experiences, I hopped right out the door and I had no desire to go back. So at that point, I began to be agnostic, which, you know, is just that you just claim to not know. And, yeah. and you just that's that's it, you yeah. know, and I rocked with that until sometime in 2020, I bought a, or no, I downloaded an app. I downloaded a Bible app and I remember being curious and I just was like, you know, I'd like to be open to the idea that there could be something out there, but I don't know. Right. And then that kind of didn't really go anywhere because I didn't have practical, actionable things to do with that, that sure. I felt or understood and my surroundings weren't conducive to that. Yeah. So that was that. And then it wasn't until for me, getting sober in 2021, in April of 2021. And at that time, I came into a program of recovery where spirituality is a piece of that puzzle. And I'm so glad that I had the blissful unawareness. <laughs> I wasn't aware of that piece of that. And I just knew that I just needed to get sober. So right. I, I go to this 
recovery program and get involved and they start to talk about spirituality and they start to talk about God. And my skin was crawling <laughs> and I was like, can we not do that thing? Like yeah, I am you just dragging up the past all over. Again, yeah. Like, right? yeah. And I mean, it was so like at that point I was in this place of desperation of, I just need to get sober from sure. alcoholism. It's just that simple guys. Can we not do that? <laughs> Right now, we just need to figure out how to keep me sober, not realizing what that was then going to become. So then I was also asked to take the action of prayer daily Mm -hmm. in the morning, get on my knees and pray and pray for things as simple as get outside of yourself. I just pray to get out of the way. I pray to stay sober. I pray to find ways to be of service to other people. I mean, it was so simple. And I remember doing that. It felt so uncomfortable. And I'm looking up at the ceiling. And I think where I was living at the time had popcorn ceiling. And I'm looking up at this stuff going, I see this big bearded white man that I grew up with. And like, I just am not feeling this, but I was desperate enough to take the action anyway. And I'm so glad that I did. And I continued to work against that and to develop a higher power of my understanding and it not need to be that. And there not need to be this physical representation of whatever this was that was simply something outside of me. And I think that the biggest thing there was I look at my whole adult life up until that point. So I was just about to turn 29 at that time. And in my adult life, I was my higher power. Yeah. And I ran the show. And by the time I arrived at that point, I was making an absolute mess. I was making a mess and I was not having a good time. And I didn't want to be my higher power anymore. So from then to now, now we are almost 18 months sober, by the way. Congratulations. I'm so excited. We're almost there. Proud of you. Thank you. But it's just become this beautiful part of my life, whereas I entered it with this resistance, but willingness due to desperation to now I'm desperate to do it. Like I want to pray every day. I want to to just give it up. I don't want to be in control. Being in control is not fun. I'm not good at it. So that's kind of the journey there for me. Yeah. So now I want to flip it on you because I want to ask a question. Oh, okay. Absolutely. Okay. Awesome. Because, well, a few things that you said in your story really stood out to me. But one of those is this idea that I'm my own higher power. Yeah. Like I can really relate to that. I'm curious though for you, like, What was the transition like from moving from this realization that you now realize like I'm my own higher power, but now you're realizing like, no, there's a higher power in this world. And you're making this transition from kind of really to from just yourself and what you can do over to this idea that I can't do everything by myself. Like, what did that feel like? Dark. I mean, once I started the transition, it became beautiful. But getting there, I mean, I, I feel like you reach a point where you just feel broken. Yeah. Or at least I did. You know, I felt unrecognizable to myself. I felt just really lonely and desperate for something. And it's just now spending the time and energy to learn a bit more about spirituality and realizing that like there's something within all of us as humans that wants there to be more. Yeah. And I will say too, when I met you, I thought what was so cool is that I told you I was attending a church and I might be skipping too far ahead here and I'm no, sorry, but, and, and that I was simply, that's new for me. And so I was just yeah. observing what was going on there Yeah. and just seeing how do you feel about this? And I loved your perspective of just like, you were totally good with that. And being someone who now your mission is spirituality and bringing that to people. Yeah. 
for you to just be open to and not like, well, it needs to be this, you know, just, okay, cool. I support that. And I want to be a supporter of you. And I want you to be able to talk about that. And yeah, it is okay to question all of this. Questions are really healthy, you know? Yeah. You know, for me, I'll talk about my journey a little bit in a second, but just in terms of that sort of mindset and attitude about meeting people where they are, I've been coaching and CrossFit since 2013 now. So I guess we're rolling on about nine years, been coaching adults almost 12 years. One of the things that I've realized that we have to do as coaches is we just have to meet our athletes where they are with no expectations. And if we can walk in the door in that first encounter and create a safe space for an athlete to just feel comfortable and feel known and just a little bit just like validated in the space where they are, we begin to create that trust cycle that then we can kind of do something with that. You know? Yes. And so that spilled over into a lot of other aspects of my life where I've realized like you're never going to drive somebody to a point. And I think that's part of what happened in your early life in terms of your religious experience is like someone had a decision about who Claire needed to be. Mm-hmm. And if you didn't fit the mold of what they decided you needed to be, they failed and you failed. And so there's just all this unhealthy tension of trying to drive someone to a place that they're not even sure they believe in or want to go. Yeah. And I think we, for me personally, I believe God's bigger than anything that anybody feels. And, And the whole concept is meeting you right where you are. So yeah. So I was excited when you were just catching me up on where you are with your spirituality now and what it's emerging and becoming. Yeah. And shaping and shifting for you. Yeah. Well, and it's as a child, it is, it is that experience of you're being told what this is and what this should be. And you don't know any better. Yeah. And, and so this seems like a very common theme for people who do begin to become open to spirituality in yeah. their adult lives is like recognizing and then coming to understand that like, oh, it's this relationship with a higher power, not this text that tells me that this is the way that it should be, but actually developing your own relationship of your own understanding. And that seems to be when it gets really good. And that's the exciting part is when you get to the relationship part, because you said something about we all recognize that there's something inside of us that's like, what's our purpose here in life, or we're designed for something more, or there's just something out there and we can't quite tell what it is. There's so much power in having a personal relationship with another human being. And I believe that's spiritual. That's not just physical. I think there is so much that we get out of connection with one another. And I believe ultimately that is driving from something intrinsic inside of us that's been given to us, which is this deep seated need for community. Yeah. And for so long, especially here in the United States, church for many people met that need for community. That's why people went there. They went for the potlucks and the get togethers. And it wasn't just something you did on Sunday. It was something that a town would rally around. And even if there were two or three, you know, it was a small town and it was kind of like, this is my community. This is who I'm doing life with. Yeah. You know, but when you look at the modern era now and kind of where we are, like, that's not the landscape anymore. Like, people are still desperate for community and they still recognize their need for it. But for us, and, and you and I both know this because we are a part of it, we get our needs met in fitness communities, you yep. know? And so that's what I've loved about CrossFit and even others that are like CrossFit is like, people come there because they're known and they feel loved and they feel appreciated. And so, in some way, that is still meeting the needs of the people, but it's doing it in this new and interesting way. Yeah. You know, which is really kind of what drew me 
to this idea of spirituality in a fitness context. I too didn't grow up in a religious, well, you grew up in a religious home. I did not grow up in a religious home, but my father used the same words that you were kind of talking about initially, which is this idea of the separation between spirituality and religion. My dad used to tell me that he was spiritual, but not religious. Mm-hmm. And so I, I really didn't know what to do with that other than just we were the kids that didn't go to church on Sunday. My grandparents lived in a in a little town called Blanco up there in central Texas in the hill country. And so that's where we went on Sundays. And so my church experience, if you will, was just me being outside in this big open ranch and just running around and just being a boy, right? Growing up in nature and stuff like that. So it really doesn't even begin to like form in my mind that there's something bigger in life until much later when I'm an adult. Yeah. And there's some struggles that come along with that when you're like an early 30 something entering the corporate world, like it's easy to get wrapped up in this mentality of like, let me get to the six figure job. Let me get to the corner office. Let me get to the trophy wife. Let me get to the two cars. Let me get to the vacation. And it becomes this list of things that you're trying to check off and achieve in life. And yet there's just this little bit of empty void after you check each of them off. And so it's a little bit depressing (laughs) because you're like, I thought this was the life that I was going to be so great for me. And and you realize that those things really ultimately, they don't bring any long-term satisfaction. And so that was my life for a long time. Now I was an athlete. So I grew up competitive sports early on, took a season off in college, just played intramurals because I was burned out. But I have always had that athletic mentality of like, hey, if we want something like let's work hard for it and let's go get it. And I think that was also instilled in a lot of us when we were growing up, this idea that you can be whatever you want or if you just work hard enough, you can achieve it. And so it was kind of built in to this mentality. And so when I came out of sports and came out of college and came into the corporate world, that's kind of the mentality that I brought with me. Yep. And as that progressed on and on further in my life, it was similar to what you were describing as you were trying to be your own higher power. Like I was kind of trying to be my own higher power. Running the show. And the result of that is selfishness, self-centeredness, pride, and a lot of disappointment because you're constantly letting yourself down. Yeah. It's like, why do I keep failing me? Well, and, and that list wasn't even made by you. No. So here you are yeah. trying to be your higher power or whatever, trying yeah. to do the things. And you didn't even create the list of things that are telling you that you're yeah. doing it right. Right. And so when you were dealing with and as a young adult, young teen in church with a list of things that you weren't even given, I was dealing with as, you know, a corporate working guy trying to like fit into all these things and, yeah. and it just leaving me ultimately unsatisfied. And it was unraveling. And I think that's one of the things that's true about most stories where people kind of discover this sense of spirituality later in life is there's an unraveling point that leads to a baseline at which then begins this idea that it's like, this isn't working for me. Mm -hmm. And you and I can both relate to that feeling of like, this isn't working for me. Mm -hmm. And I was married before and that was really difficult. We were married for about five years. And in the midst of that, just struggling with like having children and and all these things that were going on. And I didn't really just have a healthy outlet for even how to deal with the difficulties and things like that in life. And so that began to unravel a little further. And so before I know it, I find myself like divorced and didn't expect that. I find myself in New Jersey doing this corporate career. That was my unraveling Mm -hmm. point, you know, Yeah, that was my low point. 
And that's when I begin to realize, like, if I'm going to do this, I've got to make a change. And so for me, that began a change of just like trying to unwind myself so that I could be a little bit more open to the world and not necessarily hiding who I was or trying to put my identity in something else. And that took a number of years. That took about five, six, seven years. And you fast forward on that story and it's 2013. And when people are like, how did your spiritual journey start? Well, it started through my wife, Casey. She was looking at some like New Year's goals, like for, and we don't do resolutions. So we were just looking at some goals in January of 2013. And one of her goals was to find a church. And I was running an outdoor cycling business at the time. So I was gone a lot on the weekends riding. And so I felt a lot of guilt about that. So I was very excited when she said she was going to find a church because I was like, oh, I'm guilt free on Sundays. Like, you'll do your thing and I'll do my thing. Yeah. It'll be so great, right? Yeah. And so she came back after the first church service and we had a conversation and it was clear that she was really taken by it. And it was a place where our kids felt comfortable too and they were young at the time. And so I'll never forget, like she had these little notes that they took notes in church. And so I was kind of giving her a hard time about them. And then I took the notes and one of the notes said like, hug your spouse seven times a day. Like it was something super practical. And like, I'm a practical guy. So I was like, I could probably benefit from hugging my wife seven times a day. That was really the initiation of spirituality in my adult life was that moment right there. That's beautiful and simple. Yeah, it was so simple. I love that that is such a tangible thing. She gets a list from the church and it says something as simple as hug your... That's beautiful. Yeah. That was your entry. That was my entry point. Wow. It drew me in. And the next week or two later, instead of coming out in my cycling kit, I came out like normal clothes. And she was like, what are you doing? <laughs> and I was like, let's go try church. I told a story before, but she looked like a ghost was in the room. She was like, what? And I was like, let's go see what it's all about. Well, I had no context for church because I grew up going to church. So I didn't have a bad taste in my mouth about church. I just was like, whatever. But I didn't even know church could happen in like an elementary school or a middle school. I thought we were going to some building with a steeple and all the things. And we pull up to this middle school and we walk in and they've taken the gymnasium and they've kind of turned it into a gathering spot and they've put a little stage and they've got a band up there. And it's really strange, right? Because everybody's got their hands up in the air. And that's super awkward for me because I don't relate to any of that. They're singing songs that I've never heard before in my life. But when pastor came out to speak... Within the first couple minutes of speaking, he started crying. And I was like, wow, men can be vulnerable. Like, I've been looking for that. Like, is that a thing? Is vulnerability like, is that accepted? Because again, coming from that corporate world, like vulnerability was almost like, you got to be careful with that because people just weaponize it against you. So I'm sitting here watching this grown man cry. <laughs> and I'll never forget the light was coming through these like glass windows in the back of the gym. And it was like lighting up the floor. And I had this feeling, I knew I was exactly in the right place that I was supposed to be in that moment in time. And I had no idea why. Wow. And it was just like, I was just like, okay, I don't know what to do with this. But like you said, I'm a practical things work for me, like hug your spouse seven times a day. So would take those little notes after each time we gather and Casey and I would just go eat lunch with the kids and we would just talk like, what did we learn and what are we going to do? And as I begin to apply, some of these principles to my life, I noticed that there were certain areas that were showing up where I was showing up as a different person. I was showing up a little less angry. Yes. I was showing up a little less frustrated. I was showing up a little more patient. I was showing up a little better as a father to young kids, as a husband to my wife. 
I was showing up a little bit differently. And so immediately, like the scientist in me is like, we must correlate this. Like, what, <laughs> what is the one thing that has changed that is different from all the other things? And I was like, well, I have initiated this journey of faith. And when I realized that that was driving this change in my life, to me at that point, even though I really couldn't understand what was going on, and I still don't in a lot of areas, it was too tangible for me not to want to move forward. Yeah. Yeah. And so that's really how it all started. And in that context, it was really just like, what do you believe? And that was changing for me over time. And then yeah. it was like, okay, based on what you believe, how are you going to live your life? And that for me was slowly changing over time. Mm. And, and that process of like what I call formation or transformation is really what led me to step into this idea of doing some type of ministry or spiritual work in like CrossFit communities and other fitness communities. Yeah. Because as much as I wanted everything to make sense, just like you said, like human beings are teaching this stuff and some of it makes sense and some of it doesn't make, and some of it just didn't make sense for me. Yeah. Like I was like, all right, I mean, I see it, I get it, but I still can't apply that to my life. But when I started to look at my spiritual life, the same way that I looked at my physical life in terms of fitness, some things started to become a little bit clearer to me. Like, for example, like in the gym, right, we operate physical fitness under this idea of load, right? And then recovery and then adaptation, right? Load, recovery, adaptation. Load is the stimulus. We take the stimulus away and we recover. And while we're recovering, the body adapts, it grows stronger, fitter, whatever it does, so that we can do more stimulus or longer stimulus or whatever it is, right? I was like, well, how does that work in our spiritual life? And I started to realize that a lot of times the difficulties that we're experiencing in our own personal life are really just spiritual load. Yeah. And we have to kind of embrace and endure that load while it is working on us because it is doing something within us if we'll allow it to. And so that became, well, okay, if we're experiencing difficulty, when difficulty is taken away, when we finally get a new job or we restore that relationship or whatever happens in our life, we're being given a period of time to actually kind of recover a little bit. And uh -huh. it's in that moment that we're actually changing who we are as human beings. And I was like, well, that makes so much sense for me. Yep. So I started to say, well, if it makes sense for me, maybe it would make sense for other people. So I started writing this little blog and started publishing it and doing a little group work with this a small group of men in our gym. And it began to change their lives too collectively. Yep. And so I was like, well, this is just too tangible not to want to try to offer to more people in more gyms and, and locations. And so that was the genesis of the Hope Project was really like, what if we did life and we really built life around this idea of becoming spiritually fit? Yeah. Like not so much like how religious can you be or how many churches can you join or how many songs can you sing? But really this idea of like, are you a durable human being? Are you resilient to the difficulties of life? Because when I look at CrossFitters in the physical sense, that's what I'm most impressed with from a coach working with an athlete is I like durability and resiliency. Like those are the hallmarks of some really good fitness. Like they can come back. They're very resilient. We can change the load. We can change the stimulus. Yeah. They keep a good attitude about it. And yep. you like coaching those people, but you know that they've only become that way over a long period of refining. Mm -hmm. <laughs> dealing with the frustrations and the setbacks and all the things. And so I was like, yes. hey, what about the same thing in our spiritual life? Like, what if our spiritual life was just this journey of becoming fit and this idea of fitness really just being this experience of a deep and meaningful connection with God and just understanding more about who you are 
and how you're wired. And so that's where the whole project came from. I love the parallel between the fitness and being able to bridge that gap because the way that you describe that, the load, the stimulus, the recovery, the adaptation, that's beautiful because you're right. And that checks out when I think about my experiences yeah. anyway. And listening to your story and thinking about my own and so many that I've heard others speak about, it's like, as humans, we like, we have logic. So like, we want to quantify everything. And yeah. like, you know, but then if you think about science, for example, it's always changing yeah. and we get new information and then we have to adjust our beliefs based on the new information that we yeah. have. Yeah. And faith is just a part of life. Like we operate on it in all sorts of areas of life. Yeah. Yet for some reason at different stages of life, we meet the religion thing with tons of sure. resistance, which is, I get it. I yeah. just get it. So then I love the backing it down off of that and just saying, okay, well, what if it is just spirituality? We can let this be this open-ended thing. And and your understanding of what that is for you doesn't have to be identical to mine for this to still be this beautiful thing that we can actually experience together, together. and support one another in, even if it isn't identical. I love that there's just so much of everything that you were saying that like it had to be this like, I don't get it. This doesn't make sense. Yeah. I can't come up with some way to, to present this that doesn't have this abstract piece to it. Yeah. But I have proof yeah. in action in life that it's real. Yeah. And it's working. Yeah. And I am enjoying my existence better because I've allowed this whatever this is yeah. to become present. Yeah. It's so beautiful. Wow. And it's powerful what you're saying about this idea of diversity in the ecosystem. And like, that's a beautiful thing. And I think that's also a thing that's given to us by God is that it is not everyone needs to be uniform and do it exactly the same. And again, I come back to our world in community fitness. I train in many different CrossFit gyms and none of them are the same. Right. Other than the name, they're yeah. all CrossFit and they're all different. They all have a little flavor to them, a little uniqueness to them a little chili powder on them, whatever it is, it's like, that's their thing. And even within their dynamic in their world, their ecosystem is made up of a bunch of diverse athletes, some of whom are a little bit more competitive, others are a little bit more relaxed, newer, longer, but yet they all find this commonality and comfortability in coming together. Yep. Why? Because they're there for a common, bigger purpose. And I think if we can align ourselves spiritually with each other and realize like, hey, we're all here for a common, bigger purpose, then we all bring our diversity, which I consider to be our gifts, honestly. Absolutely. We bring our gifts to the table. And that's when we're our most effective selves, mm -hmm. you know? That's beautiful. Just all of the taking it back to fitness. That's just so cool. Because I think about how many years I showed up inside of a gym and I did get that community, but I didn't focus any energy really at that time, just where I was at in life and the struggles I was facing and how I was choosing to cope with some lacking some awareness. And so I was coming to this place of health because a gym is where people that are healthy are, right? Yeah. And so I'm coming to this place that has this identity for health, but I'm not paying any attention to my mental health really, or my spiritual health is sure. a desolate barren wasteland. <laughs> but I kept coming back and then I started to increase my physical fitness 
And then eventually I started to take a look at those other areas. And so now, like you said, that this is your passion project to make this synergy between the two. And all of these people are showing up in this space because they just want to get better Yeah. and saying the system works together as a whole. And what if we, yes, focus on that physical fitness, which is so important to our yeah. well-being and our ability to show up for others and all of those things. But let's look at like this other stuff too. And let's make this beautiful system that exists and operates together as a whole. Let's improve all of it. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what the Hope Project is doing. So I suppose it's probably a pretty good way to just kind of segue into like, what are some, my curiosities with the Hope Project are tangibles. What are some things that you offer with the Hope Project to the consumer that they can maybe take a look at their spiritual life and work on growing it or even creating one? What are things that you guys are doing that are action items? We're action people. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, we got to be practical, right? Like, tell me how I can grow. Yeah. And so for me, as kind of as a lifelong teacher and as a coach, like, that's the first thing I wanted to do is like, say, hey, here's something practical that I can help you do to grow. And so one of those things that we offer is this weekly blog, this devotional that I write called Building Spiritual Fitness. And in there, we take the opportunity and the time to really explore like topics, like we'll look at a spiritual concept, like this month in October, we're exploring the spiritual concept of shalom. So shalom is an interesting word. It's a Hebrew word. So it's, it's comes from an ancient language. And a lot of people recognize the word shalom to mean peace. However, what we learn as we study ancient words is that a lot of times they have a much richer and deeper context than they actually are. So it's hard for us to translate them in one word because mm -hmm. it's a lot more than that. It's kind of like, hello doesn't always mean hello. Hello, hello. You know, you've got all these different things, right? What's the context? But yeah. shalom itself really means like a richness and a fullness and a flourishing of life. It's truly like a state that people can exist in, right? This idea of shalom and this goodness that comes from it. So all of October, we just spend in our devotional time just writing and exploring. Like, what does that mean? So the devotional becomes very practical because we help people just like learn about spiritual concepts. So things that come from the text, it's like, what does that mean? And then we get really practical and we'll teach a spiritual exercise. So like, we'll talk about like meditation. We'll talk about fasting. We'll talk about prayer and we'll take the time to really dive into that topic. And then we always end each quarter. So that's kind of how our quarters are set up. We end each quarter with a spiritual need because we all have needs in this world, like a need for love, a need for humility. So that's really one of the ways that people can kind of interact with the Hope Project is to check out our devotional and just kind of take that information in and just kind of let it work for yourselves. We're able to also take that devotional and in certain gyms, we have established spiritual fitness small groups. And so now those are groups of people that are getting together and they're not just getting together to talk about some content. They're actually getting together to do a physical workout yeah. and then a spiritual workout. And that for me has been the most eye-opening part of my fitness journey is when I actually combine the two together. Because like you were saying earlier, you were coming to a gym seeking health and you were focusing on your physical health, but your mental health and your spiritual health weren't at the forefront of your like training or even thought process, right? They were not a topic of conversation. When they move to the forefront and you recognize that you're stepping into that gym with that group of people, not just for physical, but for spiritual work and emotional work and all of that, you actually get more out of the workout because it's not just about the kettlebell swing. 
Oh, it's so great. It also just makes me think about being coachable. And yeah. as a coach, that's so much of what I focus on with people is I recognize that when someone shows up coachable, we're going to get stuff done fast. Yeah. And when they show up not coachable, it's going to take a lot longer and I'm going to have to work really hard to develop that rapport. And I need to with that coachable person as well, but we'll sure. get there. And that's like a, a beautiful journey. And, and I say that, and I don't mean it as a dig at the non-coachable person, because guess what? I showed up and for four years, I wasn't coachable. Sure. I mean, a coach would come try to give me a cue and I was like, get the heat off of me. I'm not <laughs> capable of doing this. I don't believe in myself. I want you to look the other direction. I was not coachable for a long time. Yeah. So I identified heavily there and then finally made my transition. But so yet again, taking that parallel, building that bridge between being coachable with your movement patterns and being coachable with your mental yeah. health and with your spiritual health and recognizing that if I'm just going to show up and just be open to new ideas and yeah. simply just be open and observe and allow there to be space for you to learn and for it to be different than the person next to you. Yeah. And that's so healthy. And I think that there are some things that have been naturally given to us as gifts to use for good things in our life. And one of those is this idea of exchange. So like if you look at exchange on the physical level, like we have a simple way of exchanging oxygen and carbon dioxide and we do it all the time. Yeah. And we have to constantly be breathing in new oxygen. And as we're breathing in new oxygen, we're expelling the old oxygen, which is now this carbon dioxide. So we're actually very comfortable as human beings being wired for exchange. It's actually a part of who we are. I think that people, when they are resistant and reluctant to do the same thing in their spiritual life, it jams them up mm -hmm. because they're like, I can't receive this new thing that's happening to me. It's hard. I know that it's hard. In the same way, though, you're wired to begin to exchange some things. And so we can exchange some old beliefs that we have about who we are for new beliefs about who we're becoming. And we do that in the gym with athletes, right? You probably use the same term. Like when I meet a new person, I'm like, hey, I'm excited you're here. Like you're an athlete. And they're like, I'm not an athlete. And I'm like, you're going to become an athlete and yeah. I'm going to help you grow into that. And in the beginning, they're always like, and you see it's the fear and they have this idea of what an athlete is that they'll never become. And then six months, a year, two years later, they're that person in that class that's cheering everyone else on, that's introducing themselves to the first person that walks in. And they realize, no, that's who I've become. It's because you allowed yourself over time to exchange who you used to be for who you're becoming. And I think that's a thing that we can do in our spiritual life. And I think it's necessary for us to continue to grow. Ooh, yeah. That gets me in my feels because that was that girl, you yeah. know, having never played any. Oh, gosh. Yeah. And it is. It's just so cool. I actually have just accepted this is I was going to mention this later, but I've accepted a position as a trainer yeah. at a facility locally on a part time basis. But I'm like, it's very surreal. I feel humbled to say the least to get to be involved. Like, I am so excited as I did do a lot of coaching in different facilities over the course of this year on a road show and things like that. Anyway, so now to get to flex that muscle on a consistent basis here locally, I'm very excited about that. But I was writing out some bio mission statement stuff for that and just thinking about what is my mission there and why am I choosing to go and coach these people through these movements? And, and for you, you've been doing it for a while, you know, but what I've come up with is because of my experiences, which is just... I'm so excited about the opportunity to help that person who walks in the door later realize versions of themselves that they did not know they had the capacity to be. Yeah, and they so walk, awesome. yeah, they walk in and they do not have the belief yet. Yeah. And so you have to carry it for them. Yeah. And slowly but surely, yeah, give it like feed it to them. Well, we and then they get yeah. to become just this beautiful being that was always in there. They just didn't know it was there yet. 
Like what a gift. And so for you to be able to take these experiences with the Hope Project and marry that physical with that spiritual is meaningful work. Yeah. And so thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. One of the other things I wanted to share in terms of like growth is also like an exercise plan. So like part of what makes community fitness so attractive, I think, is that the athlete shows up and they don't really have to think about what they're going to do that day. Right. And we tell people it's constantly varied and some people get confused, right? And they're like, oh, it's very random. It's not random. It's varied on purpose because that's our goal, right? Is to produce people who are generally physically fit in a lot of different areas of our life. But it also keeps the body from becoming redundant and then getting bored with that activity. And our bodies are very good at learning how to do something and adapting and then it no longer works, right? We're all fitness people, so we understand that. (laughs) However, when I started talking to people about their spiritual life, I was like, so tell me about your spiritual exercise program. And then people kind of give me these funny looks and they're like, well, I go to church. And I was like, well, that's cool. Okay, what else do you do? You know, and it's like, well, I pray or I, I read the Bible, which I think is great, by the way. I'm, I'm, I'm a big fan of all those things. And I'm like, okay, so well, how do you mix it all together? And they're just like, no, I just, I read. And I'm like, hey, listen, you got to be careful because you have a routine that may have become a rut, right? You're just going through the motions. You're not actually getting anything back on the work that you're doing. Yeah. That's why we constantly vary things in the gym. We want to change the stimulus so that we keep the body motivated, right? And so I was like, well, what if we just did the same thing in our spiritual life? So I took a shot at creating this concept called the spiritual workout of the day, this SWAT. Yes. And so you can check it out on our Instagram or other places. We'll eventually have it. But it's this idea that like, hey, today's workout for you has already been programmed. You don't even have to think about it. You just have to open this up and for three minutes do this or five minutes or so, whatever that programming is. And I'm just excited about a way to introduce people to spiritual exercise that makes it a little bit more refreshing and a little bit exciting. And it also pushes people out of their comfort zone because I think comfort and complacency are dangerous, right? So we always wanna be pushing a little bit out of that. And so that's been fun to kind of create these spiritual workouts of the day and let people kind of interact with, with their spiritual life the same way they interact with their physical life. Yeah, whenever we met for coffee that, I don't know, a couple of weeks ago, whatever, and you showed me that. And it, it, I love it because I come from the CrossFit world. And so it's built out like the wad, you know, yeah. the workout of the day. And it's like, oh, I, I've seen this a million times. I know exactly what this is. Yeah. And that's something that, guys, there it will be in the show notes as far as where you can find all this information. But that's exactly like, there you go. You know, as far as you want to do something, you have no idea what to do. You're like me in 2020, you downloaded the app. What the hell do I do with the app? Right. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And so, oh, okay, here's someone who has some experience just exploring this, who can maybe help you explore it. And yet again, how that looks like for you, like you get to decide. I love that you have that available to people in that format where they can just show up and just do the work. Yeah. You know, they just show up and say, okay, I'm going to read this. I'm going to do this. This is what it says. And okay, cool. And then whatever comes of it, comes of it. But it's such an actionable, tangible, practical thing. Yeah. And so I so appreciate the fact that you're like giving that resource to people is really, really cool. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, Yeah. we're excited about that. And I'm excited to see what it's doing in people's lives, what it's been doing in my own life and just be 
hey, it's practical and it's fun. And that's the thing is like too many people think spirituality is not interesting because it's not fun. It's like something I have to do. And then it's like, you're doing it wrong, dude. Yeah. yeah but I mean, but like I did it wrong, so I get it. But right. also like you're doing it yeah, wrong because I'm actually, too. yeah, yeah. I mean, like now today I know that like spending that energy, just doing my prayers and yeah, you know, like I am going to have a better day, a better life. I'm going to get the opportunity to show up for somebody else because I specifically asked to do so in the morning. What a gift and what a simple thing. Yeah. So thank you for explaining that. Like I said, it's going to be in the show notes. And that was one of the things that was probably the biggest standout to me as far as what I wanted to make sure resource wise that they got. So thank you. So I want to ask you, what is something that you feel that you are doing well today that you would like to do better? Yeah. So something that I feel like I'm doing well today, but I'd like to do better is coaching. Okay. Yeah. I love the athletes that I get to coach. I love the opportunity to interact with them. I love the opportunity to get to know them and encourage them and be involved in their lives, both inside and outside of the gym. And I'm grateful for the opportunity to be able to invest in other people. Like Mm -hmm. that's what, that's what's so meaningful to me. When I think about the difference in my life, the people that took time to invest in my life Mm -hmm. and cared about me and said, hey, I'm for you. And like, I'll I'll always be grateful for that. So that is something that I feel like I'm doing and and having a great time doing fairly well. It's something I want to get better every day. Like as a coach, like... I don't don't know if you're like into the Enneagram or whatever, but I'm kind of- I love it. Okay, I'm in Enneagram one, right? So I'm wired for this like perfectionism. So like immediately after every class, I'm like, how could I have done that better? How could we have done that better? And it's like, (laughs) but I think that's part of like the healthy part of having been given the platform to invest in other people on a larger scale is that you take with it the accountability to want to get better at it every day. Yeah, so that's that would be mine. I love that then that just makes me feel the need to touch on for you guys that that Trey spends a ton of energy giving to others and supporting others and being the coach role. And so something that I challenge anyone to do is anybody, whatever coaches in your life. And certainly if you go to follow him and, and start to be involved with Trey in any way, that's, you know, a gift to you, but also to support him back. And if it's not him and it's just another coach in your gym, for example, think about the fact that they're seen as this leader. And I can think of leaders within many spaces where they're the ones giving all the time and they're the coach, but like the coach needs support back. So I just challenge anyone listening, whoever that is that's in your life that gives you so much, just like maybe ask them how they're doing and tell them that you're there to support them too. There's my challenge for you. Okay. That being said, what are three things that you are grateful for today? Yeah. So I'm grateful for the ability to move my body. I think that too many of us are just so accustomed to being able to get in the gym every day and get a good quality workout. And sometimes that workout is we feel it's effective. Other days we feel like it's not so effective, but it's just truly a gift. And I'm just so grateful to be able to move, move my body physically. Uh, I'm grateful for my family. I'm grateful for my wife. I'm grateful for my kids. I'm grateful to live in a home where we can just gather around the dinner table at night and maybe we'll sit there. I have teenagers, so sometimes we'll sit there for 15 minutes. Sometimes we'll sit there for like 45 minutes or an hour. And I just get to see a glimpse of the legacy that Casey and I are leaving. Yeah. And so, yeah, so I'm so grateful for my family. And I'm grateful for my faith. 
faith was one of those things that when it was newer to me, I kind of kept it under wraps. And I was like, I don't want to maybe offend anybody or maybe not everybody's kind of where I'm at. And I always want to be respectful of other people. But I've realized something like pursuing spiritual fitness is actually very attractive. Yeah. Like people want to know more and they want to get involved and they want to say, how can I get more out of life? How can I discover who I truly am and what my purpose is in this world? So I'm grateful for my faith journey. I'm grateful that it's different every day, but I'm grateful for the opportunity to engage in it and see where God's taken it. I love it. I love that I asked you for three and I feel wholeheartedly that you could go with 20 right now. Like This is clearly a practice that you have in place. That was very easy for you to say those and feel fired up about them. Thank you for sharing them. Um, So three things that I am grateful for is I am grateful for that new position that I have just taken as a coach at a facility here locally at The Collective. And with that real quick, it's so funny. I met Jeremy, the owner there, which is just he's got a great story and he's a hard worker and really cool. Anyway, I met him and and he's like, yeah, I want you to work here. And I was like, "Mm, I don't think I'm looking for a job. And then after one meeting, and then we since have had a good handful, I was like, oh, shoot, you do want to be involved here. You do want to do this thing. And so I am so grateful for that opportunity and that he extended his hand and said, would you like to be a part of this thing? I'm super excited to do that. So I'm grateful for that opportunity. I am grateful for my mother and father. I get to have a great relationship with them today. And I'm so excited about that job, right? So I text my mom and talk to my mom on the phone a lot. My dad, he doesn't know where his phone is a lot of the time. So (laughs) anyway, but so I just, I was so excited. I sent him a text last night. I was like, dad, I'm so excited about this. And his message and response was just so just beautiful of just him saying, if there's anybody that's going to crush it, it's going to be you. And his belief in me is just like something that like is just a gift to me and I'm just grateful for it, period. Then the third thing I'm grateful for is a program of recovery for alcoholism and drug abuse, just because that's something that is a big part of my life that I'm plugged into. and, And I'm grateful that those spaces do exist. And for anyone listening, if you want access to resources in that department, I would love to help you however I could. So do reach out to me. You can always send me a DM on Instagram. It's probably the easiest way to get that done. But anyway, I'm grateful for that community and that there is a community of people there who support me now because getting sober was really hard and I needed a lot of help. And then staying sober and having people around me who just understand is very meaningful. So I'm grateful for those things. Yeah. Okay, so we've kind of touched on it. It will be in the show notes, but tell them where can they find and support you? Yeah, so the easiest way to find us is on Instagram. Uh, You can find us at Hope in ATX, H-O-P-E-I-N-A-T-X. If you head there, you can check out our link tree and you can find our website and you can see what we're doing, find our spiritual groups. You can check out the spiritual workouts of the day. And even come to some of our events, like those that are local in the Austin area, we do some quarterly events and and gather together and just kind of celebrate all of this that's going on. But that's the easiest way to find us. Okay, cool. And then they can always send a direct message there if they want to be involved and they aren't necessarily local, right? For sure. Yeah. If you want to get involved or you want to know more, yeah, just DM us right there through Instagram. Awesome. We're happy to get back with you. Love to. Awesome. Okay. I just appreciate your time. I appreciate your friendship. I appreciate your support of my spirituality in the fact that I simply said, I have no idea what this looks like and I'm just observing. And you said, great, keep doing that. Yeah. Keep asking questions that just giving people space is powerful. And I appreciate you doing that for me. I appreciate that. I'm grateful for you. you. I'm grateful for you to have the courage to speak out about something that so many people are going to relate to. 
And I'm grateful for you to be open to whatever is going on because it's an exciting time, not just for you, Mm -hmm. but for really for the collectively, for all of us. Like there's just a sense of something that is moving and is coming together. And it's just exciting to see other people getting motivated and inspired in that same way. And that alignment just tells me like, okay, we're up to something good. So let's just see how many people we can can share all that goodness with, right? Yes. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, let's make waves. Let's do it, girl. <laughs> let's make waves. Tsunamis, baby. Uh, yeah. <laughs> okay, so other than that, thank you guys so much for taking the time to listen. I hope that you got something of value out of this. I know if you listened, you just like had to. He's too good. So I would ask that wherever you are consuming this, that you would follow the show, that you would rate and review the show, that you would share it with someone that you think that it will positively impact. That is my biggest ask of you. And other than that, I just appreciate your time. And I hope that you have a beautiful day. Thank you.